0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and on the show with me today to share his faith story and how he met Jesus is the campus and teaching pastor at Radiant Church in Southwest, Southwest Michigan, John Zondervan. John, how are you?
1: Good, Noah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Super proud uh, of you, you know, again, as sort of like an elder statesman it's uh it really is heartwarming to see young people especially young people i've known for a long time mm-hmm. um using their gifts their callings to to impact the kingdom of god so appreciate you man glad to be here
0: absolutely john we appreciate you and john we're excited to hear your story today and start us off by sharing a little bit about your upbringing what role did faith and religion play in the early years of your life
1: yeah so um from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I live in Kalamazoo now, so I grew up about an hour north mm. um, of here. I'm the youngest of five siblings, uh, so I had to, you know, scratch and claw for my own existence. For... <laughs> my, my my siblings might say that's alive, but yeah. So and, and we were a Christian family for mm. sure. I mean, we had some some issues. You know, you, you right. grow up and you look back mm. and you kind of go, okay, maybe we weren't quite the the you know leave it to Beaver family, but right. But we definitely had a strong mm. um, faith core, however, and and I mean this as respectfully as I can, it was a very call it religious um, mm. upbringing and and church culture. Yeah. so it was very much <clears throat> about making sure you 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 kept up appearances, mm. making sure you um, yeah you know, did kind of kept up with the Joneses, like we had to go to Christian schools, and we had to go to different um, events, and it was just kind of what you did, and right. so what I appreciated about that was we made church attendance a big deal, like we never missed, like we had a Vesper evening service, like we we were there all the time, and, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful that my parents um, were, were committed to that, mm-hmm. but I think for me, especially stylistically, it was sort mm-hmm. of a more, call it liturgical, almost legalistic uh, church. And so I never really connected Mm -hmm. uh, with Jesus and with the relational part Mm -hmm. of God. Everything was kind of through the lens of this is what we do. And this is what we don't do because we're Christians. And this is Mm -hmm. how we live uh, because we're Christians and we don't do this on Sundays and we don't mow our lawn and we don't. So I I kind of saw it through that lens. Um, And again, it's not that those, People who went to that church didn't love Jesus, and they're mm. not going to heaven. They are, and they did, and right. they do. But for me personally, even though mm. I would say church and faith was a big part of growing up, yeah, it wasn't necessarily something I grasped mm. personally. Does that make sense?
0: It does. Absolutely, John. And yeah. I appreciate you sharing. I think what's very interesting in doing a lot of these these testimony episodes and hearing testimonies uh, throughout my life is that is a common theme is uh, people that grow up in that in that church environment, grow up in Christian homes. It doesn't always land in the heart. It's something that we know in our minds, um, yeah. but don't fully grasp until the Holy Spirit really opens our minds to see who Jesus is and truly how much we we, we should love Him, um, that He's worthy mm-hmm. of our praise. So appreciate you sharing. I think that's a that's a common uh, testimony, but yeah. I think it's a very important one for us to understand the difference between knowing Jesus in your mind and knowing Him in your heart. It's a very big difference yeah. there, for sure. So appreciate you sharing. And John, what challenges did you face before you gave your life to Christ? And how do these challenges prepare your heart to be receptive to Christ?
1: Yeah. Um, again, I think I shared the the fact that it wasn't— my church experience wasn't something that I gravitated to. It wasn't right. something that I found a lot of joy or identity in. Yeah. Um, I kind of saw God as this kind of kill joy, uh, live in the valley of no type yeah. of— Uh, Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And Mm so, I think, coupled with my own sort of personality, Mm -hmm. I rejected that pretty quickly. And I, as soon as I was able to, um, I stopped going to church. I stopped, you know, I moved out of my house. Mm -hmm. You know, I graduated high school. Right. And so, the challenge I had was I was very much influenced by culture around me, Mm -hmm. the world around me. Yeah. I grew up um, working in restaurants, which I'm not here to like say every single restaurant employee or every single restaurant environment is, is ungodly. But right. for me, it was kind of a a, a lifestyle and a um, sort of environment that was not conducive mm. to to serving God. And so right. I got super wrapped up in like a party lifestyle. I started, you know, experimenting with drugs, started drinking, mm. you know, pretty heavily, but all within the context of, hey, I'm not. An alcoholic, like right. I have a job. I'm a restaurant manager. I have responsibilities. Right. You know, kind of justifying um, how I was living. But then mm-hmm. it got just heavier and heavier. And that—that's right. what I tell people. Like that—that that lifestyle of oh, you know, this clubbing. Look mm-hmm. at me. You know, life is so fun. Lifestyle. Right. It, it gets heavy and it and it's empty. So the 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 ultimate challenge I had is I was hitting a rock bottom. my life quite honestly Uh, and i was completely like just like just not dependent on drugs and alcohol but like that was my life Mm. i didn't have any purpose i didn't have and i started like just honestly thinking about like my brother and sisters my nieces and nephews were were babies and i started thinking like the lord was just revealing some uh, mm-hmm. family dynamics that, that he wanted me to, to see. And so I, I know I had to have a rock bottom yeah. moment. I literally thought my, thought my, my roommate was going to take me to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I was having, you know, and, and it was there that I laid it out to the Lord. Like I'd yeah. been fighting it, fighting it, fighting mm-hmm. it. And I had a moment where I was like, God, I can't live this way. Right. Um, this, this isn't, this mm-hmm. isn't what you made me to be. And, I, and yeah. so I had a pretty radical encounter with the lord i gave my life to jesus um yeah. in 1999 wow. and god rescued me from yeah. those things so Absolutely. it is a powerful testimony and, I, and i'm mm. grateful for it but i also yeah. sometimes warn especially young people like mm-hmm. you don't have to live that life right. and then you know have this i used yeah. to be an axe murderer and <laughs> now i love jesus like yeah. the greatest testimony you can have is i never knew a day where jesus wasn't by my side yeah. i never yeah. knew a day where god's grace and, and goodness weren't enough for me. Um, so, but at the same time, yeah, God, Amen. God let me sink pretty low. And yeah. then I, I encountered the Lord. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. John, I appreciate you sharing. I think kind of what you mentioned, I think some of us are like, Oh, I didn't really have that, that same sort of, you know, rock bottom battle, or I didn't go through all of this, these different trials or I didn't ever really walk away from the church. And that is okay. That is your testimony. In fact, that's that's powerful to see how Jesus sustained um, you, if that's you, um, through those times uh, to, to be able to stick by His side. Um, but I think in your case, John, it's it's amazing to see the Lord's faithfulness in our lives. Um, I was actually reading the book Gentle and Lowly this past week, and the chapter on the happiness of Christ, and it talked. Love about that book. Great book, uh, and it was this chapter. So good, man. Oh, it's powerful. If you haven't read that, put it on your list. It's it's incredible. Yes. Um, But the chapter on the happiness of Christ really stuck out to me. Maybe think of of your story as you were speaking. Um, In the part where he talks about how there's uh, kind of some imagery of this primitive people that lives um, kind of off in this jungle, and they're struggling with a virus that they can't control with their own medical knowledge. And this doctor comes in with the exact antidote they need to get through this virus to to provide healing for them. Um, And they reject him initially. They say, oh, we don't want your help. And he's upset. Um, and later, they, they they come to him, and they say, hey, we actually want to use your antidote now. And the joy of the doctor was portrayed in the story of how excited he was to actually offer them the help, and that's exactly what Jesus does for us, that when we come to him with, with our sin and when we turn to him in our moment of of complete just anguish, right, um, he, he, he loves that, and it brings him joy. And I think that's a reminder for all of us that he's not – shaking his fist at us. He's not angry with you if you're struggling with things in your life. Um, I think your story shows that he wants you to come back to him um, and that brings him great joy. So that's awesome testimony, John. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Share.
1: That's a great visual for sure. <clears throat> and I could see that afterwards, like the yeah. times that God had spared me, the times that yeah. things should have gone a lot worse. Absolutely. Um, and in the moment, I had no clue. But when you look back, you're like, wow, God, God was always with me, even mm-hmm. when I was literally turning my back on him, so that's yeah. so true, bro.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, John. And John, you you eventually, obviously, now you're in the role of a pastor. Um, how did God prepare you for that role of service in His church?
1: Yeah, I as I said, I had a pretty dramatic, my wife as well, um, mm-hmm. salvation experience. Just yeah. you know, left a lot of junk at the altar, and was really miraculously delivered from yeah. from drugs alcohol, um, cigarettes, some of those, call it vices, but I also had a lot of insecurities Mm -hmm. uh, I had to work through. I think part of my um, maybe gravitational pull to drugs and alcohol and party scene was the fact that I I grew up as kind of this overweight, uh, late bloomer as far as puberty, Mm -hmm. and I had all of these like insecurities that I tried to medicate through that lifestyle and tried to be, right. Oh, I'll be the life of the party. And so mm-hmm. I think when, uh, you know, you're saved you know, the Bible talks about, there's a sanctification and there's a, a renewal process that has to take place internally. Absolutely. And so I, I really had to let the Lord, you know, peel back some of those layers, uh, mm-hmm. minister to the core, to the identity yeah. of who I was. And, um, and that was a, a difficult season, but I'll say I had you know my brother-in-law Lee Cummings, who's the yeah. uh, founder of, of Radiant Church who yeah. helped me through that he yeah. really led me through the Word of God mm. I, I was a ferocious reader of mm. God's Word when I first got saved I had a Bible my whole life but I never yeah. I never read it and I never connected to it so the spirit right. was just downloading truth like no this is who you are no this is yeah. um, And so, and I had a moment where I really felt like the Lord said, "I'm going to use the trials and some of the things you went through as a young person um, Mm -hmm. for you to minister to this next generation. Like I'm going to, you're going to use that, and I'm going to redeem that so that you can have Mm -hmm. uh, impact with young people." And I, I shared that with some of my Mm -hmm. mentors, and we just prayed into that, and Mm -hmm. so. If the question is, how did I prepare myself? Well, I did go to Bible school, but I think more importantly is I served Mm. the local church. I tell young leaders, like, Joel Steen isn't going to text you and say, hey, do you want to come over and be my executive? Like, you serve in the kingdom of God before you ever get a title, before you ever get a paycheck, before you ever get a position. And so I served the in youth ministry. I just said, what do you need me to do? I'll, I'll lead a small group. I'll bring the pulpit out. I'll yeah. hand you tissues, you know, whatever. I was like, yeah. I just want to be here. Um, and I think that's, you know, where God really kind of like David in the wilderness, uh, attending sheep, God was working and, mm-hmm. and developing him in that season. And yeah. so for me, Yep. Serving in the church and mm-hmm. um, reading God's Word and letting the Holy Spirit minister to me was probably Absolutely. the best ministry training uh, that I had. Yeah.
0: John, I appreciate you sharing too. And I think what's really key, even for, for my walk and kind of sharing a little bit about that, but uh, is reading the Scriptures really changes your your life in, in a lot of ways. Amen. Um, if you're not getting truth downloaded from the Holy Spirit and from His Word, it, it's going to be difficult to, to walk that out. So I appreciate yep. you sharing that. Um, and for our listeners, I think, too, even taking that advice <clears throat> from your story, and obviously our listeners are not pastors. They want to work in sports, but I think, obviously, we're all in ministry no matter where we are. Um, and so yeah. I think continually being in the Word is something that the Holy Spirit has put on my heart in the past year, and I think for our listeners that um, they should truly try to implement into their walks with Christ. As it is, it's is—it's vital, um, as you shared.
1: Absolutely. I would say there is no other way to know God and to know how God sees you. Like you can't get that any other way than intentionality. So a hundred percent like download Mm version. There's all kinds of Bible reading plans, you know, because people will say, I don't understand it or I don't really get it or I don't know where to start or I don't feel anything when I'm reading. Like do not let feelings dictate anything like there'll be some times where the Holy Spirit illuminates a passage and you're like wow I am an overcomer and those are great but even if you're not feeling anything you're sowing truth Mm -hmm. the seeds of truth into your heart and eventually you will reap a harvest there will be a time that that seed finds ground and it grows and bears fruit and so 100% know if 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 no one listens to any other thing on this podcast get into God's word Mm. through prayer and reading and and it will change your life so absolutely.
0: 100%. Yeah, absolutely, John. And I think, too, you made a good point on the feelings portion of it. I think we, as humans, oftentimes listen to our feelings too much. And I think we yeah. need to put the facts of God's Word first, and have faith second, and then put our feelings third. Um, and not allow those yeah, to have I mean, power. So I appreciate you sharing that point as well. Emotion,
1: emotions can be in the car, I tell people. Yeah. They're, they're fine, and, but they can't be driving. Absolutely. Like maybe passenger seat. Uh, <laughs> but if, if, if yeah. you're led by your emotions or if you only think God's speaking to you when you get goosebumps or when you feel like, then uh, you're going to miss out on the, totally. on the daily bread that God has for you. So great point. Amen.
0: Yeah, John, appreciate you sharing. I like that imagery a lot. It's awesome. And John, obviously, for for every Christian, it, it's not like we don't have any challenges post coming to Christ. There's still things we struggle with. So, share with our listeners what are some challenges you faced after committing your life to Christ, and how did you navigate those?
1: Again, identity. Um, yeah. Who am I, and and what 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 source am I going to drink from mm-hmm. to determine who I am? I mean, that to me is. Absolute paramount yeah. in your walk with Jesus is where am I getting my identity? Where is my affirmation coming from? Because in our culture, yeah. and, and you know this, and it's changed a lot since I was a kid, but mm. with social media yeah. and so many um, sort of avenues you can take to find how many followers, how many likes, oh, how man. many retweets, mm. like like these things that feed your yeah. Uh, affirmation and feed your identity, and say this is my. Or maybe it's a relationship, or maybe mm-hmm. it's money, or maybe yeah. it's your own accomplishments. Right. Uh, all of those sources run dry. Yeah. All of those sources will will leave you thirsty yeah. again. But in John four, Jesus says, "When you drink of of the water I give, it's." never runs dry it's an eternal spring Mm -hmm. and and more than anything i've had to learn through the years like it doesn't matter what i'm feeling i mean it does but ultimately it's not the determiner of who i am what other people Mm -hmm. say about me like i'm in ministry it's great when people are like oh awesome message or oh man love what the church is doing but that's not always the case and Mm -hmm. there's some times when you have to say what I tell young leaders is you're not as good as people say you are, and you're not as bad as people say you are. But as as soon as you find your identity and how people feel about you, Mm -hmm. you're going to be on a roller coaster in life. And so I think the biggest challenge for me was recognizing this is who God says I am and I'm going to miss it. I'm going to fail, but guess what? I'm not my past. I'm not what others say. Mm -hmm. This is the truth of, of my identity. Um, And I think, You know, it's similar for anyone who wants to follow Jesus. You're going to have to determine Jesus is the fountain of life that I'm going to drink from. Mm -hmm. And any other source is going to leave me thirsty. So, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, John, I think the identity piece is even huge. Like you mentioned, for for my generation and for our listeners, it can be really difficult when you have things like social media that are telling you to be a certain way or to receive this many followers or likes or to wear that certain outfit or whatever it might be, and I think it all comes back to your point earlier about being in God's Word, um, because He'll tell you who you are um, in Scripture, and that will, like you said, it's almost a download of of that truth into your life, which can truly change how you view yourself, how you view others, and it impacts how you how you act and how you treat yourself and others, which is huge. So appreciate you. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And John, lastly, looking back at your story and the journey you've been on, what is one piece of advice you can give our listeners as they walk with Christ?
1: I think two, a couple things. One is anything that you do of impact for the kingdom of God has to come from a place of overflow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what I mean. If you're constantly giving out, if you're constantly having... Um, uh, outputs of, of call it ministry Mm -hmm. or relationally, and you're not taking in, you're going to have a deficit. So what I tell young Christians and leaders is your relationship with God is first and foremost, the most important thing you can mm-hmm. develop. You can't take people where you haven't been. You yep. can't talk about the relational side of God if, if you don't have it. Right. And so, you know, if, if I find myself only in the scriptures when I need to write a sermon, or I'm only, you know, praying when I'm in public, like then then the outward signs of ministry, those are going to crumble. The outward yeah. appearance of relationship with God isn't going to sustain you. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, Develop. Yeah. your relationship with God, invite him in and uh, feed off of that. Let, let everything else you do be mm. an overflow of yeah. that. That's your identity. That's your source. That's number one. And then uh, secondly, I would say it's your relationships. Yeah. You know, first Corinthians 15 says bad company corrupts Yeah. Um, good habits. And, and so who yeah. you surround yourself with is mm-hmm. so critical mm-hmm. uh, when you're trying to follow Jesus. Now, listen, you, you don't want to isolate yourself completely. And what right. I tell people is you, you can't always control what you hear, right. but you can control what you listen to. Big time. So you're, you're going to have you know, things and people and even relationships that um, are – more peripheral, right. and that's great. You want to have some influence. Like, Jesus had the the multitudes, but then he sent the 70, then he had the 12 disciples, but then he had yeah. the three that he brought to the Mount of Transfiguration. Right. And so I tell people, you don't need, you know, Facebook and, and Instagram tell you you need a thousand friends. Right. You don't. You need, mm-hmm. like, three, yeah. two, like, yeah. close people who are running the same direction, who are mm-hmm. passionate about the things you are, and you surround yourself with those people, yeah. and, and you will see that you can... Mm-hmm navigate life's journey so much better. But if if you're someone who has deceived yourself into thinking, I can put myself in an environment that's different mm. than where I want to actually yeah. be myself, uh, you're going to find out pretty quickly that that, that just doesn't work. It's mm. not sustainable. Yeah. And so I tell people, like, you want to know where you're going to be in five years? Take a look at your friends. Yeah. Take a look at the people that influence your life. Take a yeah. look at the people that are in your inner circle and yeah. surround yourself with people who inspire you mm-hmm. who are going you know everybody should have somebody who's further along in yeah, life that they totally. can look to ask questions of yeah. um, and that's something that I didn't do as a young man I did mm. not have a um, a mindset of oh I, I had a you know eat drink because tomorrow you may die kind of a mindset yeah. and uh, our culture is increasingly telling young people it doesn't matter do what you want do what yeah. feels good but there is a a wisdom in surrounding yourself with like-minded mm. people that will pay massive dividends totally. uh, later in life. So relationship with God mm. first, relationship with others second yeah, um, is is key to, mm. to really living out your faith.
0: Yeah, John. Appreciate you sharing. Tremendous advice, I think, even for our students that are trying to navigate the sport industry where there's a lot of opportunities to have relationships with people. Choosing who you surround yourself with I think is a vital yeah. uh, piece of advice, so I appreciate you sharing that. Awesome job.
1: Absolutely, man. My pleasure. For sure.
0: And John, thank you for joining the show today. It was a pleasure to have you on, and we wish you well as you continue to serve the Lord at Radian Church.
1: Thanks, Noah. Huge honor to be a part of it and praying for for you and the people that hopefully uh, your podcast and ministry will impact. Like that it'll be great for the Lord. So absolutely, John.
0: Thanks again. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry. As followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at UncommonSG.org. That's UncommonSG.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern Time, as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.